Hello and welcome to the next episode of Splitting Cases with Pointy and the Moose. Uh, we're at my place today, chilling out under undercover in the backyard, and we're here with Simone Sheridan. I'm Simone Sheridan, and I run my own business in Newcastle in the arts industry. I also run This Is Not Art Festival with Sarah Thrift in a co-director role. And yeah, I just do a bunch of creative stuff in Newcastle, I think. I've met Simone a couple of times. I don't know why we've never really hung out before because we have very similar interests and she's a very cool person. So I'm glad we're doing this podcast. What have you chosen as your official podcast subject? It's so hard for me to pick one topic, but as I've been racking my brain over this over the last few weeks, I guess I heard the typography one and I thought I, I would talk about something that I'm comfortable in. Yeah. And I studied fine art at Newcastle Uni and I want to talk about my paper. I wrote an uh, honours paper about artist-run initiatives and it was specifically about Newcastle. So I guess there will be a, uh, a Newcastle arts angle here and I'm all into do-it-yourself arts and um, people that just do their thing without a lot of funding and just kind of renegade stuff, I guess. I feel like when you say, I studied fine arts, paintings and things, I mean, I'm no uncultured swine, but I don't know fine arts. I guess it was that. I actually majored as a printmaker, so Mm. technically I can do etchings and screen prints and lino cuts, and Mm. if I wanted to be a professional artist, I would probably be doing that, but I decided probably three years, like you study for three years doing all kinds of things like drawing, painting, photography, sculpture, fibre art, and you decide where your sort of strong points are. So like a major? Yeah, and my major was printmaking, and I, I guess like... I loved photography. I like my favourite type of photography is Polaroids because it's one off. Mm. And I think that that's a print in itself because mm. you can't get it again. Yeah, I like that. So even like my photography interest based on printmaking where I liked the idea of being able to make more than one of one artwork. Mm. So you make this master plate and then you can do 50 of them if you wanted to. So I guess reproduction and copying was like something that I'm interested that's in. That's like music. You make a master record and you print everything else off that. Yeah, Totally. I guess I didn't want to be an artist. Like, I I am an artist, but I didn't want to have to make art to survive. Yeah, this is your main output. I didn't want to, you know, like you want to be creative and have fun. You don't want to be like, oh, am I going to pay the rent? Even though I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, kind of in an ideal world, you would be solely an artist, but there's a realism that you took on to go well. Even though, ideally, I would want to do that. The reality is. I, I need just, to survive. Yeah, I, like I grew up in Mudgee where my family ran a business. So actually mm. both sides of the family were self-employed people. My pop was a fencer. My dad was a shearer. Um, a fencer as in? No, not as cool as oh, the, the fighting. Oh. <laughs> kind of I like was, that thing over there. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be some sort of princess bride sort of story. <laughs> not as adventuresome. But I think I grew up seeing my family hustle to get paid and to treat more business well and like have loyalty with other businesses and being in a small town I guess that I realize now that's rubbed off on me because when I was volunteering at what space gallery I liked being the coordinator I liked organizing exhibitions and making opportunities for people and getting sponsorship and I sort of thought well maybe I can make a place for myself in the arts industry where I guess I can still 
be around art and be inspired, but I don't have to slog. Like the big thing about being a professional artist is that you invest a lot of time up front on a concept that's your own that essentially they teach us how to have an ego and think about I and me and what's my opinion of mm. everything and, and then you hope that someone buys it. Like I, yeah. this is kind of, I'm, I'm sounding a bit negative, but for me I didn't have anything to say to the world at 25 when I graduated that I thought yeah. was important enough, whereas even now like... I'm 30 and I have more life experience that I probably might want to have a body of work about something. Whereas straight out of uni, you're just making work for your teacher to assess. Sort of like, what can you be so convicted about? Exactly. I mean, maybe some people have, depending on, you know, what their upbringing has been. To be honest, though, I don't feel like that's, like, anybody has more to say about the world than you do because I love that you facilitate people who are like that and want to be artists to actually make a living out of it and actually support that. And that is saying just as much as they are saying by I and me and what's my brand and all of that kind of stuff. Definitely. You know? And, like, when I was studying, I guess, like, Andy Warhol was a printmaker. He's an illustrator. And I became obsessed with the factory and just, like, the, the link between music and partying. And I was, like, I found it interesting that artists... The ones that did kind of survive, they needed someone to prop them up and pay a paycheck and they had these philanthropists that someone would fund something and even in Australia, like, there's um, the Heidelberg house and there's these people that just decided we'll buy a house and artists can come and stay here and make art and we'll fund that. And I was like, they they modelled the art world because they allowed that opportunity to happen. So I've mm. always been... That's when I went on to, after uni, I started a gallery with Renew Newcastle because the whole thing was I wanted to foster opportunities for people. For anyone who doesn't know outside of Newcastle what that is, what's Renew Newcastle? Sure. So Renew Newcastle is a not-for-profit organisation that have a a licence agreement and they kind of act as a brokering agent between creative projects and property owners who have empty buildings. And they have a a thing called a 30-day licence agreement and it's not a lease. It means that the property owner can basically still be marketing their property to people who might want to lease it or rent it and the project that's in that space knows that and might have to move out within 30 days. So it's helped us. I mean, we've had, I think, over 150 creative projects in empty buildings Mm. in Newcastle in the last five years. Let's face it, unfortunately, there are a lot of empty buildings in Newcastle. Oh, very much so. Often a lot of lovely beautiful but that's changing and especially because of this project as well yeah and it's not even newcastle though like i go home to mudgee now where i grew up and we only had one cinema and it was the former regent theater so it was actually a theater space it's kind of like Mm. lazotte's it's actually Mm. got the upper mezzanine and things and um it's completely empty and it's just bewildering to me like i did my school end of year performances there and you know it's um there's a bigger picture issue about our society i think with the empty space problem and i guess um that's become something that i'm very interested in i've totally moved away from i don't really want to go and pay a membership at a printmaking shop and make prints because i find that kind of redundant in a way like I, I have to make more objects. I don't really want to add more clutter to the world. <laughs> like, I want to add ideas, but I don't really want to add more stuff. You have a lot to say. You know, you say at 25 you didn't, but, you know, it's about being sure of what you have to say. There's so much opportunity here, but it's also, like, the thing is you kind of have to build it yourself in this city, i found. Like, mm. but that's what I like about it, you know. I could, Yeah, like, I could have, after some of the other jobs that I've had and, like, how I look on paper, I could totally leave and run some next wave festival, whatever festival in some trendy city, but... There's something about Newcastle that keeps me staying here, and it might even be the empty spaces or 
And I guess when you're at uni, you don't want to lose that community. And that's why I went on to the Renew space. And I actually, mm. Susie was running her shop at the same time. Mm. And I went, hang on a second. I still want to be around all of these creative people. And I still want to have, like, you know, obviously influenced by people like Andy Warhol. I don't know whether I thought I was going to start an art movement. But I think I'm part of one with Renew Newcastle. Oh, you totally have. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think you need to be uh, <laughs> modest. Like, you know, it's a... Cheers, Yeah, you, right? you've taken on, I guess, a, a noble pursuit. Like, it's almost like to the... In some way, to the detriment of yourself, you're, yeah. you're fostering others. I've lost a lot of... Well, I thought that I lost a vision, but it's actually sort of come back or it's now there is one, like... Your vision's changed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember making prints at uni and they were, like, about the environment, but I was using, like, stuff that was made from the environment and I found that kind of redundant like oh I'm making a, a statement about the environment but I'm using acids oils all of these things that are actually taken from the earth so mm. I kind of and people printed on some cheap shirts that were made by people in slave labor exactly yeah. like so and and from a personal point of view art that I've liked I've always liked I've preferred to walk down a dirty alley and see graffiti than to go into the fine art space and and have like people look down on you that moment when someone from an art gallery looks you up and down like and they're actually like oh you know there's that pause second where they, they, their eyes run to your toes and back but up see that's my issue with art is that it's both considered this fine highbrow thing and this thing that you expect starving artists who can't pay the rent to do for free you know <laughs> it's like Music and art is the only industry where you expect someone to do their work completely for free with no payment for their time or effort or materials or whatever. But then again, you hold a certain type of art in this highbrow esteem. And that gives me the shit. I think it's almost that people think that the enjoyment they get and then give back with their enjoyment and gratitude should be enough. Yeah, that's payment, right? (laughs) Uh, Isn't which, it fun to make art? Which, it's like a hobby. Yeah, which like they do see it like that. But yeah, oh. like I think that's the way people think. They just go, okay, well, these guys write music or do art, and they love making music or making art. Exactly. And I love that they love it. <laughs> and th- okay, well that's that's the payment. And I think yeah, they- I hate going to work every day. You know, like whoever you are hates going to work every day. So you see that as work. So if you, they like doing it, it mustn't be work. That's oh exactly my God. I think that's I think, what it is. I think it's yeah. also a level of envy. Like, well. I used to play guitar, but I went and got a real job. There's that sort of like, oh, you, you're like, you're not in the real world. But you're getting like, remunerated in money for that job. I know. So, you know, that's always been a thing like... Sorry, I'm getting angry. In Newcastle, you've had to be your own scene and like find the people you want to align with and, and, and support each other. And I guess I've been doing that. Um, I started with Art Hive and we ran this gallery and I had big dreams. We were going to be a not-for-profit. We were going to get arts funding. I was going to start a residency and, you know, you invite all these artists in and I think we had something like up to 12 artists in the building at the time and they all said, yeah, we will have a studio and we'll run a gallery with you. And then I think two or three, maybe five of them, like all up, actually sort of put their money where their mouth was and decided to run a gallery. And it became pretty obvious that most artists are insular and want to work in their studio and be alone. And But that's not me. So I guess like doing that experience taught me these aren't necessarily my mm. people. This is not necessarily my scene. And I only think about that now because it was like four years ago or three years ago that I can have that perspective at the time there's all these personality clashes and you're kind of not getting along and you think it's personal but you realise no it's a bigger picture thing 
Yeah, well, sometimes you need time and distance to reflect on, you know, what's actually happened so that you can process it. Because when you're living something, it's it's what you're doing every day. Like, yeah. you're, you're not thinking about it actively. It's like, okay, I've got to go do this, and then that's going to happen. Why is this person doing this? Yeah. You need that distance to understand I, it. I think one of the... Another thing that, like, majorly influenced my passion for Newcastle was um, this is not art festival as a punter. I mean, like, 2007... 2008 2009 I stumbled across this event and was like what these people set up a bar somewhere and there's all these cool events and these people from Melbourne just come in and like take over the streets like the city looks different all of a sudden yeah there's people that you just don't see all the time and I I was inspired by that coming from a country town where there was no tattoo parlor. I remember one of the first things I noticed about this town was there was like five tattoo parlors on. There's Hunter like Street. five tattoo parlors and twenty brothels. Just an aside, I like the word parlor. It's like no other business has parlor. parlor. Maybe ice cream it's parlor, true. but like other than that, ice cream and tattoos and are the only things that can claim parlor. The people in them, it's sort of yeah, it is strange, isn't it? Mm. So yeah, like I guess I like tattoos as well, and I guess they're a low form of art. Like even when I was a low form. Yeah, you know, like people kind of go, "Oh, you're going to regret that." Yeah. (laughs) And so I was sort of like Newcastle straight away presented new things that for a girl in a country town of eight thousand people, I just didn't see. And I know Newcastle's not really that big. No, but I I completely get that. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, so, like, tell us about growing up in Mudgee, though. Well, yeah, it was, like, quiet, man. I was, like, there was not a lot to do, I think. Um, I used to tell my family I'd go to the movies, but we wouldn't go to the movies, which is bad now, considering there is no movies there, so, you know, you should go to the movies if you can, people! (laughs) Well, everyone can go to the the Time Warp, which is the cinema on King Street in Newcastle. That is straight out of the 80s. That's a Mudgee style. It has not I went there the other day. It's, It's... it's in great condition. Like, they have really kept it up. Yeah. It's like yeah. a time When the Travelling Film Festival, it was good. It was super stuff. Sorry, saw, sorry to interrupt. I just thought that needed Pulp to be said. Did you there? Did you guys no, do that? No, I, I wanted to, but... That I... was awesome. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. That was really cool. But yeah, Mudgy was quiet, and like, in terms Mudgy, of the Mudgy, art Mudgy. that I liked there, and thank Christ I found people that liked good music and because you know I got introduced I got introduced to things like Rage Against the Machine and Beastie Boys and like that's definitely when that's my culture at that time was music that could even be a t-shirt I got introduced to Rage Against the Machine in Mudgy (laughs) hey I like that Yeah, well, and you know, I remember there was a place where you had to go and order your CDs in advance because they, I, yeah, exactly, I had to right? order gold frap and I had to order all these things that just no one in Mudgy even knew about. And Mudgy Winery's killing in the grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want that now. Like and grapes are the big you're thing. In the, you're in the position to facilitate that. I happening. can do this. Out screen printers out there, t-shirt makers. I can actually do that. I've got a t-shirt project going at the moment. But See? yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm smart. I have no vision or anything to say about myself. Um, but I totally. I, I was. I hide behind a lot of projects. Yeah. Oh. I was living in New Zealand, like small town New Zealand, and like the one proper CD store would all just stuff in for me. And when I came back to Newcastle. 
as an adult, because I grew up here, I was like, holy shit, nightclubs and stuff, and I can get into them, and the, it's not like the Western-themed bar in my small town. And- oh, you said nightclubs. Mudgy had blue light discos. I remember going right. to a couple of those, yeah. And, like, I moved to, I moved out of Mudgy pretty much straight away. As soon as I was 18, I went to Sydney, and... Um, and you think that's what people think about Newcastle. I'm going to go to Melbourne, but, like, Mudgy's like, I'm going to go to Newcastle. So did you, well, I didn't did you go. I went to Sydney. To really? Yeah. Or was it just by chance? No, definitely. My family were they had a motorbike shop. I think they, my nan wanted me so to become the secretary. Like, Jump on the bike. They're like, into the <laughs> <laughs> she did. My mum really helped me. We're shining um, up this one for Simone. <laughs> she really helped me set up an apartment down. I lived in Lane Cove, and I went to Crow's Nest TAFE, and I did like web design and interactive multimedia, and I was going to be some digital person, and then everybody was doing that in 2001. Fuck them. <laughs> So I came back to Mudgee, actually, which felt like a huge backstep. You know, I was I previously living in Lewisham and going to the Enmore, and then I moved back to Mudgee. And I remember, like, one weekend I was walking down the main street, the one street in Mudgee, and I had headphones on. I don't know what I was listening to, but the next day I went to the pub and someone said, I saw you walking down the street with your headphones on, and I thought, fuck this town. <laughs> like, <laughs> like is that a conversation oh. point? <laughs> What was their issue? What was their point? Just it wasn't an issue. I it was just the different. most interesting thing that happened in Mudgee that day. Someone walked down the street with headphones exactly. on. Exactly. Because sitting out in a, sh- a shop front is probably what people do. So um, you, had, actually, you were walking and you had headphones? Oh. I was ahead of the times. <laughs> walking with headphones. And I say that in complete jest because I, I grew up in Beresfield, which, you know, is a small town and... You know, you yes, it's close with to Newcastle, but so I don't mean that in a negative way at all. But now people jog with headphones. That's right. And I didn't actually want to go to Newcastle. Like I met a mudgy, friend mudgy, in Mudgy. Mudgy. Sorry. Mudgy, mudgy. No, I met a friend there who was a few years younger than me, and she had gone to a private school. So we never actually saw each other in Mudgy. She was in Bathurst at um, can't remember the school that she went to, but she was having a year off in hiatus before she went back to or over to Newcastle to study music and. Um, I had nothing. Her like her name's Jenna Gill, mm. and so Jenna, Jenna's definitely the reason I moved to Newcastle. We'd formed this great friendship in this year that I had moved home, and I nearly became a florist in Mudgee, which would have been terrible because I actually get really bad hay fever. Why and were so you going to become a florist? It was then? one of the only, you, you know, that circle, yourself, you know basically. that circle diagram that shows you your careers and like Did it's like this is the a, like lower echelon, you know, and floristry was in the creative circle, so it's kind of like okay, that's a that's creative a job. Yeah. It pays, you know. People People like flowers. Well, honestly, it probably pays better. I mean, you do but some weddings, like, well, few weddings a year. That people will die and get married. <laughs> exactly. That's a it's a guaranteed business. See? It's model. guaranteed that men will fuck up and want to impress their ladies. <laughs> and also, Day. seriously, that's like me being a cat herder. It's like me living on a farm and rolling around in cat hair. That's you being a florist. I know. So luckily that didn't happen and Jenna said come to Newcastle and so we kind of, about four Mudgy people decided to all move together and we got a share house in Merriweather that was massive. It was like a two-storey house with three kitchens, five bedrooms, like it was a former blind society or something. Like I've had some really weird share houses. I probably could have talked just about share houses in Newcastle. I've gotten better at share houses now. Like I, I, don't, I don't go, oh, I'm not going to live in a share house, but I definitely... 
um, struggled in that first one just to like, oh, you mean I don't you we share these things and you can walk into my room and like well, it's there's people around. When you don't know what to expect. Like as time goes on, you're like, okay, I get that this will happen and I know how to handle it and respond to it. Then once you're there, it's like it was crazy. And I think a lot of the people in the share house didn't see me as an artist. Like I mean, Jenna was very encouraging, but I remember getting some Jenna. feedback from um, another friend of a friend, you know, that said apparently someone in the share house said, well, she didn't even study art. Or something, and but it's ironic because I've done a lot in the arts, <laughs> but I wasn't the kind of person because that had this drive to paint or draw. Or, but I can, and I have, and when I was studying, I did. But there was, um, I guess, my interest is more in being around creative people. So, and mate, of course, you can't be an artist if you don't have an arts degree. Honestly, uh, no. who would trust <laughs> you to make that? Like the Jesus. most weird like sentence ever, because surely a degree does not equal art. In any, it's like I wouldn't trust Pointy to operate on me at any point. I wouldn't trust him to cut me open as much as I love him, but I would trust a doctor because of his degree. But even if he didn't do an arts degree, I'd trust him to make some art. Yeah. How the greatness of that art may be great, maybe not. You know exactly. Yeah. In terms of the history of Newcastle and those artist-run initiatives, like we have a long-standing history since the seventies of people just starting their own galleries and running their own studios and. I kind of got the confidence after running a gallery with Renew Newcastle to put my hand up to run This Is Not Art in 2010, which it kind of broke me, I'll be honest. Like, I probably wasn't as ready, but I think that's the, the opportunity that yeah, This Is Not Art you know, Festival provides. That's how you learn. Yeah. Like sometimes if you wait until you're ready to do something, you will never do it. You need to go, okay, I want to do this. So I'm going to do it. And that's what I did. I sort of, I, I knew I was inexperienced. I knew I was underqualified, but I had these people behind me like Marnie Jackson, like my boss from the lockup at the time, Geraldine Bobsian, who just said, you can Jerry call Bobsian. me in. Bobsian. You know Jerry? Yeah. Jerry's going to work all the time. Jerry oh, Bobsian. Of course. Bob G-Bobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, see, and I'm very lucky to have um, had the opportunity to work alongside people like Jerry. Like, I happen to... I wasn't shy of volunteering. I, I volunteered for every gallery space there was, Maitland Gallery, Newcastle Art Gallery. I wanted to know where I wanted to be in the art world, and I tried everything. And the lockup was the one that I stayed at for the longest before I went on to Art Hive, and Jerry gave me a lot of rain on doing some stuff, like, hey, write a grant application, and I got a grant writing experience with Jerry and support, and... Like it was, you know, I, I needed that and I don't know where else I would have got that. Like Everybody it, needs a mentor. Yeah, I've got a few. I mean, I think you probably should try and have as many as you can. If someone wants to give you advice and have time with you, then take it. Because I know, like, it's definitely helped me um, just get, you know, that that's the confidence, I suppose. That's what it was with This Is Not Art at the time. Um, not to, like, speak poorly of the festival but the director for me had actually kind of moved to Tasmania and not come back um, and so there, there was no handover but luckily Marnie Jackson was still around and had the brain after running it for a number of years that I could have a handover from her obviously it wasn't the handover and I had a very short term time frame to run the festival and so in a way I don't want a big note but it felt like I was very crucial to being able to save it because I was local and I had the resources to contact people like Marnie when something went 
awry and as we say know, here at splitting cases we're geniuses i felt, genius. I felt pretty pretty strong about that and yeah. we, we made it like the, and i burnt out at the end and never wanted to go back and i i think i probably said i'm never coming back and i but i'm drinking again i did some cool stuff there like i because i'd had the grant writing experience i decided to get a grant um to do a public art project i've always been passionate about public spaces um I did actually, I haven't really told anyone this, but I did make some graffiti in Mudgee when yeah. I was like 15. Yeah, um, first. <laughs> yeah, I used to write this word called smash. Um, and I've was never told reference? anyone that, no. <laughs> wow. It was probably more of a, a teenage boredom. What, whereabouts? Like what? Um, yeah, my friend Dave, who was into Eminem, and Dope. we used to like. I'm just, just hoping you're not going to say colour... public bathrooms. No, because like, like smashing a public bathroom sounds quite quite scary. <laughs> no, like this colour bond fence over here, I'd bomb that. <laughs> um, I got to like the noise of the cans running around at night. It wasn't it, my nerves. I can't. I can't do it. You know, like Children's I. Teeth. I just get a bit too paranoid i think of getting caught but that's Welcome half the my fun life. That's... oh my god me and my partner nothing cutesy we um <laughs> we when we were living in sydney there was like a overpass type bridgey thing like and there was a huge washoe poster one day and we kept waiting like i was like oh i really love that in our house and then after um the gig had been we're like well nobody needs that anymore let's just walk down and take it and we kind of walked down and we started to peel the corners off and then a car drove past and just stopped next to us and we're like <laughs> and so we walked up to the service station then walked back and then we were going to peel it off again then we're like <laughs> whenever anyone drove past and we're like let's just go home so we it? never got that oh, poster damn. but they were, were way too paranoid i stole the mcdonald's flag once and it and also an australian flag from mcdonald's in Mudgee. no way my friends stole a ronald mcdonald like, <laughs> you probably put them out of business <laughs> i don't think mcdonald's is going out of business anytime soon i mean we can hope but i don't think that's going to happen but i always McDonald's, had a thing with graffiti you know even though Mudgee didn't have much I remember in year 12, I got asked to study an artist that I like. So I rang up my mate, Pat, and I was like, dude, can you throw me some sketches? Like, he was the only graffiti artist. Well, Dave was a graffiti artist too, but there were only really two dudes and maybe some taggers and stuff. And so I documented him as a local artist. And that's quite cool because then um, years later, when I went on to start the Renew Space, that um, my friend Pat actually did an artwork for that, and I bought it off him. And so it feels like I... I've sort of come back to where I was interested in, in terms of the graffiti interest. And that happened because of This Is Not Art. I thought I wanted to run a gallery, but I ended up running a festival. And from that, I got a grant, which I don't know, I haven't probably explained This Is Not Art that well, in the sense that it's a, it used to be a five-day festival. I think we're going three days this year, four days. Um, <clears throat> that takes over a lot of different venues across Newcastle and we have workshops, performances, presentations, gigs, parties, all kinds of stuff and I guess one thing that kind of blew my mind about Newcastle was like why don't why doesn't Newcastle know that this is on <laughs> like the general public of Newcastle? Mm. Can I just like smash this wide open and ask a very broad question yeah. because we're talking about fine arts not just Newcastle arts for the uncultured swine such as me and those out there... Wait, I just I said I wasn't. Ah, oh, I'm so confused. Who am I? What is art? What is art? Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
I guess it's a, for me it's an experience um, and you know even this this label on this lovely bottle here that's art <laughs> why, why is that art because um, somebody has designed that there's like someone has put in time with that logo and you know there's there's been someone's got paid to create something there well someone and even some would consider that that's graphic industrial does, design yeah someone consider that graphic design industrial design does that fall under the banner of art i agree yeah totally it does yeah um and like i guess what fine art is is like exhibitions and and that kind of thing but for me um I'm all about experiences. Like, one of my most favourite artworks that I made was actually I set up a typewriter at a housewarming of the fishbowl, which was in 2008 in August. Mm. We were the first round of housemates. Actually, it's funny, there were actually already people that had moved out because I had a fight with one of the girls. So it had a quick turnover before we even had our first housemate. We lost three housemates. Um... But, you know, I set up this typewriter. My friend Fiona Lee was making an exhibition, which is kind of timely for this this discussion. It was Mm. called State of the Art, and you had to make a comment on what you thought the State of the Arts were in at this time in 2008. And for me, like, I like analogue stuff. I like old things. I like printed objects. I'm kind of, I guess, like, yeah, old school. And so I went to the Salvos and I found a typewriter, and I kind of laughed because I looked at it and I thought... When that typewriter was made, it was totally state-of-the-art. Like, this was the typewriter. So I took that home and I happened to be having an exhibition at the time at Newcastle Art Space. I was showing um, 70 Polaroid photographs of Newcastle graffiti. That was just what I was into. That's what I just wanted to show. I liked the idea of doing Polaroid photos of graffiti because sometimes I'd see a piece and I'd go... Eh, I'll come back tomorrow and I'd go back tomorrow and it would be capped or it would be different so I started to carry my Polaroid around and like just get it then and have the photo then and it would be printed and that that was it and at the gallery I actually stole a, a decent amount of red A4 paper I don't know why but I just liked this paper I needed the paper in my life <laughs> <laughs> and so I took this paper home and we were having a housewarming and I decided to set up the typewriter and I would steer this conversation all night I would put in a new piece of paper and at the top of it I would ask everyone what they thought art was so maybe we can go back to that I can show you this book and you can find some answers there but um, it turned out that this this thing became like a 27 page story and it's quite interesting because people they wanted the backspace button and they want to control or delete <laughs> and all of these things about our modern society or just the the times of, that we were in started to be written in this kind of book it was, it was really interesting and then you know as parties go on you end up like it's 5am in the morning and there's still people there and it, for me the party was over but my friend yeah. um who's a graffiti artist his name's Havoc he decided that he wanted to keep writing and he started writing this quite offensive story that Mm. had like themes of incest and rape and Mm. like when he came out the next morning and shared it with everyone that was still at our house one girl cried and I remember just thinking so it went to a dark place it went somewhere where I didn't want it to go you know I thought that we were going to talk about good things about art or whatever but all of a sudden there was just this black cloud over this book and my idea was to submit the book to the exhibition on a plinth you know and everyone could touch it and read it but then all of a sudden I didn't want anyone because I knew everyone would find out about this story and they would like nearly flick past all the the cool stuff and just get to this filthy story and so I actually was talking with my boss Jerry and I said what should I do and she said well you're 
the creator of this object. You're the one that put the thing out there and you can tear the page out if you yeah, want. Edit like, it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I did. And I went to the university hub because I saw him and I just said, oh, I just want to let you know I ripped out that story. And, oh, no. He got on Facebook, which is kind of interesting that I wanted to make this analog object. And then yeah. he went on Facebook and declared a bounty of $100 for the destruction of my entry for oh, State of the wow. Arts. And not just that. That's he then, rather hostile and bitter and yeah, a little bit twisted. Simone censoring art was the kind of the thing. And he went to every share house of every person that we studied with to tell them to the point where it was only a day or two later that I had people coming up to me asking me for the book. Where's the book? I want to see the story. Like, And all of a sudden I was coveting this thing. Like I would even take it to the last with me on a Wednesday night because I was worried about someone at the house taking it. And it got kind of crazy. And then I had this moment where I realised maybe that's what art is. People revere these objects and we decide that they're special for some whatever reason and we decide to put them in a vitrine in a museum and we never touch them and no one experiences them anymore and so it became quite a cool artwork and that's what I did the museum at the time was closed so I contacted them and asked them for a vitrine and I locked this thing and I wrote an editorial response so I picked the best parts of the book that I liked and retyped them and made another book but that actually angered people like people that were at the party that wanted to find their page in this book were just so annoyed that they couldn't touch this object, you know. And I, yeah. I actually thought, well, that's what art really maybe is today, censorship, and you get to decide what it is. This and is awesome. That's what it was. And I actually won 500 bucks for that artwork. And, like, you know, it, but it's hard for me to describe that artwork to people when they say, well, how do you make art? Well, I did this cool thing that was, like, an experience. Like, it became wow. a two-week thing. Yeah. And my friend Havoc and I... We seemed like we were rivals, you know. People were, like, thinking we were fighting. We ended up making up in the end, and he actually sort of came to him and was like, I didn't like the story. Can we burn it? Because I kept it, even though I pulled it out. I kept the story. Yeah, Yeah, so, well, if I understand, it wasn't so much that... You just knew it wasn't for that piece of work. It wasn't so much... What are you Because I don't think you're the sort of person that would be like deeply offended by that. No, it was just kind no, of like I'm, that's. Exactly. It's just kind of like that doesn't fit the rest of this, it's and it's not like, what it's, I envisaged at the, the start. Trajectory's going somewhere yeah. I don't want it to go. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like if you're in a band and so, you've got a crazy guitarist exactly. that's like going on like a 20 minute solo. It's like okay, mate, that's good in its own context. I'm not taking yeah. away. I'm not taking away from your skill or what you've done, but it's not for this song. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. the thing that it takes a lifetime to build a reputation, but a moment to ruin one. You could have a book full of great stuff, and if the one thing yeah. people are paying attention to is the story with the dirty words, it's like when you go see Josh Pike, and everybody doesn't quite know the words to a lot of the songs, but they certainly know the words to the song that has let those fuckers in. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but the reason I ask is because we're talking about. New York and when I went there I went to the Museum of Modern Art and my partner Nothing Cutesy has studied quite a lot of art and she understands a lot of it but I felt confused in terms of what is art by the fact that um, Van Gogh's Starry Starry Night was there being surrounded by people taking photos of the art on their cameras. So I stood in front of them and took a photo of them (laughs) taking photos of the art with me in front of it. So not that that's art, but in another room was um, Marcel Duchamp's um, bicycle in the stool. Oh, my God. You saw that? Yeah, oh and I I stood in, fr- but that's the thing. You're like, oh my god, you that's saw that. My favorite. Artist, I st- yeah. Oh my, that's awesome. Well, I stood in front of it and went, nothing cutesy. What 
what is this? What? Why am I looking at this? I could have done this. She's like, well, you, you didn't, and it's a statement. It's a thing. It's it's, it's uh, that's why it's here. You know, it's art. And she, she, she took me over to um, what's the urinal called? Like fountain. You saw the I, urinal. I I just had to look up the name of it on on a very the digital. Fountain, yeah. yeah. I just had to look at the name By of it over there. Lux. He didn't even sign it with his own name. Exactly. And. There's, there's a urinal sitting in the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and I'm standing in front of it going, I get it, but I don't, you know? Oh, what? Yeah. Why does one thing considered art when one thing is not? Totally. And like, you've picked a hard one there because Duchamp, with his conceptual art, he just he just rejected painting. He just, like, and yeah. that's why I love him, though, is because he mastered it, and then he went, I'm done with that. And yeah. he started to do things that just pushed people to go what is art and now we have things like you know that led into things like postmodernism. and yeah and it's why you have that fountain and me in 20 when when was it 2013 2012 standing there in the museum of modern art in new york going what why is this here i really spun out with that van gogh starry night moment too because i went to moment while i was there yeah and all like the whole time I was there, I was just like, why are all these children here? They need to get the hell out. Stop touching things. Like, I was why just Why are you all taking annoyed. photos of something that you can get a print in in, in exactly. any fucking Exactly. We can download yeah? the JPEG and yeah. it's better quality. That's I don't understand why. That that blew my mind. And it's actually funny because my grandmother... It's ownership. Like, it's, I saw that. Yeah, Sorry. I was here. You know, my grandmother said to me, don't take too many photos. And I thought, what are you talking about? And I took a lot. But I, I got it when I saw those people doing that. I was like... And it's the same with when you're at a gig, you know? And I... So often Often I try and record gigs. I'm bootlegging, I guess, but like I try and take footage for my friends you if they're on stage, nigger. and I'm like trying to keep still. And I'm like, you know, and I, if it's really cool, I want to be like singing along or cheering, but I'm not because I'm like trying to stay still and have this. Good, and it, it ruins the experience to some degree. Mm, yeah, I've never taken photos at gigs. Really? I have, and I, I, I don't. I appreciate that you don't give me sideways looks. Yeah, just because, like, I. I don't want to not be in that moment. moment. I just want to go, okay, I'm here. And, yeah, it might be nice to have some photos to go, I was there. Proof that it's... But, like, I know I was there. Yeah. And that should be enough. Like, I I want to be enjoying it. I don't want to be worried about whether the light's right to take a photo. (laughs) See, you're... you're, From the moment I met Pointy, Pointy, I guess it seems he is a very self-assured person. And I think that... No, oh, you don't know me well then. <laughs> okay. Well, it seems like he is, and I know that I know that he like anyone has their own things going on, but he doesn't need the validation of someone on Facebook to click a like on the photo that they were there and they said this. No, no. So, you know, that's what I mean by self-assured. Like you don't need to take the photo to validate the fact you were there. No, no, not at all. You were talking about making something that's analog as opposed to and then have it going on Facebook and having the rent on Facebook. Um ooh. I think that was almost hard. It's like, oh, I catch this. It's more like circus trickery. Um, where was I? The analog. Thing yeah, yeah, no, okay. Digital. So that comes straight back to music. I mean, I work in radio and I particularly, I, I predominantly work on things like Pro Tools and like digital audio mediums. And my job 20 years ago, you know, was a completely different thing. And you were talking about the fact that people really want that control alt delete they want to be able to consi- like make a decision and undo it if they don't yeah, like it yeah. whereas recording and editing was different 20 years ago even that you'd have tape that you would have to learn a skill to splice and you have to be so assured in your own decisions and you couldn't take it back well there was only a certain amount of times you could take it back before it sounded 
choppy. Yeah. You know, you had to slice it finely, tape it together with physical tape, and that's it. It's almost an art form in itself. I, I remember a time when I realised that maybe I'd been spending too much time in the digital world when I was reading a book, like a paper book, and I wanted to do a control F. And then I was, <laughs> then I was like, what? No, you can't do that in an I actual book. I <laughs> try and zoom in on the newspaper sometimes with my fingers. <laughs> like I get my fingers and I try to like you, zoom you in. You do an, an like, analogue zoom. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like it's it's interesting, like just even talking about technology and how it affects things. Like I was speaking with a graffiti artist yesterday, and we were talking about like graffiti, sharing graffiti back in the nineties. You had to get your photos printed, and you like like how how artists from Europe shared their stuff in Australia to the USA was they would literally print photos and share them with each other. And now we've just got Instagram, and we just tag each other and actually I just shared a thing on my business page about a guy that in New York got busted doing graffiti and didn't stop for some reason and and kept writing the same name but had his name as his Instagram thing and got followed and done for it because he just posted straight away what he had done and so yeah it's, it's the kind of internet like robbing a store and then posting about robbing well, the yes, store we've in seen some that way. too yeah. right yeah we've seen people do that with the the monies that they've got or whatever and oh, relating it all back to Polaroids um, and robbing a store and graffiti it's like in Home Alone 2 when they're in New York and Macaulay Culkin's in the toy <laughs> store. That's quite possibly the I best sentence the I have ever heard. <laughs> I but knew we'd get on some good tangents. Seriously. That's one of my favourites. The, Home Alone, yeah. the robbers are robbing the toy store for the cash that's on Christmas Eve and Macaulay Culkin catches them out when they throw the like throws the brick through and he takes a Polaroid of them when they're in the thing and it's like this completely analogue thing and now I'm like, well, if this was made today, he would totally put it on Instagram. That's it. That's ex- And that's uh, in, in you saying that that's actually how I justify myself as an artist right now is to um, take Instagram photos like that's my creative outlet since I've been I guess running a lot of arts Mm. projects for other people I don't have a lot of time and I don't really want to invest in a professional camera and I I just want to be able to shoot when I can and Instagram does that for me and it's a square format like a Polaroid as well. Can I just shove a whoa 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 in there? (laughs) So (laughs) fucking everyone Instagrams right so what is it that, like, why can you justify Instagramming as being an artist when every 16 year old girl put, holds their duck face up and looks at their boobs and takes photos of their food? What is as the someone, difference? So, what is that? Yeah, well, as someone well, who studied a fine art degree, it's kind of, I feel bad saying I take iPhone photos, you know, but like at the same time, um, it suits my income. It suits like. The technology's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I could go back yeah. to someone in the 70s and say, if I make this cut here, if I just cut half of it out, I can just control, alt, delete, great, yeah. it's back here. You know, you have to make fine decisions. I can just frivolously cut it and delete it and undelete it, you know? Well, that's the thing, like, I mean, Instagram, I found it, like, when I went to Detroit, actually, so I went to Detroit last year for a placemaking <laughs> conference, and I remember researching the hell out of Detroit before I got there, just being prepared to be robbed and see a fire and you know I like I was ready for that I had mentally prepared myself to to run and uh, when I I, 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 I wasn't exercising to run I was mentally preparing no, myself that's physically right. oh, no, fuck, you've fuck. seen me right no I mentally prepared myself for the gym I'm like hey you're gonna do this but when I was researching, I found like 
uh, stories about people that had gone to the Packard plant, which is the biggest abandoned space in the Northern Hemisphere or something like that, and people get robbed for their camera equipment. And and I have a digital SLR, but I was just like, I don't want to look like a tourist in Detroit, you know? So I just had my phone, and it, and so that just, it, it made sense to me to, like, I go, well, no, I've been taking Instagram photos for... A couple of years now and I haven't I admittedly haven't printed them which I the first time I printed them was this year yeah well I I decided hey let's go analog with these things and I printed some and um, they're hanging actually at a cafe on Derby Street at the moment but again like it's not like I'm actively trying to promote the sales of those things but I just it's nice to finally get something in print and see your work printed it's like it's all good and well to see it on the internet but like you said everyone can do that what do you think about digital photography in the terms that like like I remember maybe five years ago, I probably printed stuff regularly often. Yeah, and totally. now I just don't unless it's for a project I I'm working know. on. And I'm the same. Like I've got a friend, Aaron, um, that takes photos. He and I have got thousands of photos and we've both talked about sitting down together and like sharing each other's photos to try and figure out, out which, how many bodies of work we've got. Because I've got a lot of topics. Like I, I have an obsession with plants that grow over empty spaces. Like in anything, I have... A, I find it interesting that nature can take back. And that, so, like, I've got a whole series of work there in that, but I've also got graffiti. I like to get up early in the morning and do sunrise photos. Like, So, you know, kind of when you look at my Instagram feed, it it's nice, but it, there, there's actually probably a few veins of conversation there. And Just for anyone listening, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's at street art walking, um, not street walking. <laughs> there's an art in there. At street art walking. <laughs> Artfully street walking. Could also be considered an art, though. <gasps> well, apparently, isn't it one of the very first occupations as well? So, yeah. Like, um, I probably should have brainstormed the business name a little better. <laughs> but it was... No, like, it makes it controversial. It's like, yeah, follow at street uh, art walking. Uh, and then you're like, oh, wow, I appreciate it. what she's doing. Not just her breasts. Well, the, where that came from, my friend actually helped me. After This Is Not Art, we did this art walk. Businesses started asking me for more murals. And I sort of thought, maybe I can do this as a business. Because while I was running Art Hive, my building got tagged. And that's a... That's a really bitch feeling, you know? Like, I'd gone from taking photos of tags and, like, oh, mad handwriting to, who the hell did that on my building? Like, how could you do this? <laughs> I was so emotional. It was like a stab in the heart, you know? It really so got me. So, graffiti. It is considered an art form, right? And so, what makes graffiti art and what makes graffiti not right? Okay, and this is All like... controversial. I'm yeah. so... I, I jump off this... I go on both sides of the fence regularly on this. Yeah. Um, but... The fence is a good yeah. word. Yeah. Because that's quite often the recipient. Exactly. No, but it's like... A graffiti artist has to tag. That's They have to get out there and tag. They have to throw up. They have to do some really crap work before they can do stuff like we've seen at the like street art festivals around the world. These people, they were bombing when they were 14 and 15 and they had to do it fast because they were in the middle of the night. And, and so, like, to sort of go, oh, if that's art or if that's not art, you kind of... I have to be very careful what I say because sometimes I'm talking with a property owner and I'm like oh that vandalism on that building is terrible you know and then I talk over to a graffiti artist I'm like that was mad writing there that was nice curves and that was very clean or you know um but 
at the end of the day, I have some, I guess, some rules of my own where I just think that's not okay. What are those rules? And those rules are, like, I don't like anything on heritage buildings. I have a thing for that. Like, if you're going to go and bomb sandstone and marble, like on the David Jones building, for example. So if it's, if it's amazing art graffiti but it's on a heritage building, it's not okay? If it was Pretty much. I wouldn't imagine amazing art stuff on a heritage building. Like the other week I got emailed by a guy, um, a crew had done some um, throw-ups, which is just like a really quick brash kind of maybe oh, two like, colours. I was like, no, not Yeah, no, no not that kind. No. Um, and, you know, it might be two colours and really quick and it's just, it's called a throw-in and it's really fast. And these people had done the coke and gas works, I think, um, and, you know, it's kind of like there are so many other spaces where they could do that same thing and not yeah. affect a heritage building that's, you know, and so that kind of offends me. But then at the same time, it's like it's a very hard line because we don't have any legal spaces here. We don't have an opportunity for a graffer. Like if you've got a 14-year-old kid who is out there and he's got home troubles and he's or she needs some sort of outlet and they they are annoyed at the world or whatever they don't have an outlet to find someone to say where can I practice and and I guess that's where I decided to try and create that avenue it hasn't been easy though as a self-employed person it's really the role of a council to provide that opportunity to create a legal space for the practice of graffiti art but do you think that okay so do you think that Okay, obviously for that to be able to happen, councils have to accept that graffiti is a legitimate and they won't. art form. They do can't. They? they can't. How can they do well, that? They probably can't because of the business interests. Exactly. And, like, and, and the, you know, I guess the population as a whole. Yeah, like, well, the, the yeah. cost of graffiti on the country is massive. Oh, it's just ridiculous. If I could actually get some of that to make art, like even just probably 10% of what the country spends on graffiti removal, even just city rails budget yeah. on what they spend on removal on rail side. Well, and City Rail have a lot of other problems to fix. And at the end of the day, there's an undertone with graffiti that is like, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> and that's what's also, you know. Welcome. <laughs> it just fit, you know. I was like, this is where we're going to drop it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had this conversation many times. I've had debates. I've had tears over it, honestly. I have tried to, like, give everybody the space and the walls. And at the end of the day... It's Vandal. Like, you want to be a Vandal. There's a song actually by a local hip-hop artist by Kay and Talakai called Vandal. And I think it kind of does it, like, it kind of, it's a cool song to listen to where, you, you know, it's like the thrill of rolling in the night with your can. And, you know, there's there's just that element that no matter how many legal spaces you get, there's going to be those those boys out there and girls out there that just want to you wouldn't have that form, right? No yeah. one wants the safe rock and roll. You yeah, wouldn't exactly. have that. You wouldn't have that form of art without the, yeah. the same jumping sort of thing. down on us in the crowd, and yeah, you know we might thing. break our arm or whatever. Or and so I think I've, in some ways, I came in when I started my business thinking I could fix graffiti for property owners, but I, that was a very council opinion because I was on the pride of place with council I was working with the graffiti team leader he was employing me to help do art projects so the um Saul Standerwick had been integral in kind of making helping me see that we could organize legal murals but at the same time it was kind of like the you can't mess with that like that that undertone of 
rebellion and anarchy and there's something that I love I about that. that. Your heart was in the right place though. It was, yeah. but yeah. like I think the graph community didn't see that and it's only been since probably the last year that I've actively gone to hip hop and been uh, as an event organiser a kind of supporting events in hip hop that they have kind of gone, she does get hip hop because I think a lot of people today in fine art, they might do their fine art degree and then go, hey I want to be a mural artist and they just go straight to the street having not done any any tags, pieces or, you know, like they don't know anything about the sort of history of graffiti but they are fine artists and they're making beautiful murals and I, like a lot of the artists that I've employed are fine artists, they're not graffiti artists because it's very hard for me to sell graffiti because of that undertone of vandalism there and so it's kind of... But it's what makes it... It, what makes it what it is because that undertone of vandalism it's is cool. what thrills people to actually do it. So that brings me to my point, art versus criminality. And the Riddler did this to Batman, but it's... <laughs> okay, I, I like this. Is if this you... going to be like Batman 89 with Joker? No, this Because is... he is in an art gallery in one of those no, things. No, no. he's also making art out of people's faces. Well, okay, no, that is, another, that, is another ba- that is another Batman art-related thing. I okay. know, oh, okay, let's go to that first. Let's go there while <laughs> we're here. Prince is on the soundtrack. While we're oh, here. Oh, that's good. I like Prince. Have you seen 1989 Batman with Jack Nicholson yeah. as the Joker? Right, so he goes into the art gallery and the fine art gallery, and he's defacing it with his own paint. Is that in itself a work mm. of art, or is that graffiti versus? Hell yeah, and- that's like that's graffiti in the gallery. That's like bringing the street into the gallery in the white cube. That's like messing up the white cube. And actually, someone did that at What Space when I was president there. Came in and threw some president. Red- yes, president of What Space Gallery. <laughs> okay, so okay, so that's art, but. Is it the what, statement more than if you If you're a kidnapper, right? No, this is hypothetical okay. because none of us here are, of course. Okay, legal disclaimers. We are not kidnappers. <laughs> none of us have ever or will ever do someone this. on Uber. Okay, we promise. But if you write a ransom note, cut up with letters from newspapers and magazines and it's really artful. Oh, collage. Is that, is that collage <laughs> ransom note? Is that collage? Is that art? I love that. Yeah, totally. Okay, so that's art, but it's like graffiti in that the intention is wrong, but the output is art. I love it. I love it. Right? Yeah, I'm done with that. Okay. I don't know if don't the know if intention it's... of the graffiti is wrong. Well, no, the intention is to blackmail someone out of money in return of the person you kidnapped, but... <laughs> Or adult-napped, you know, whatever. <laughs> or bat-napped. But, or Wayne-napped, because essentially he'd be probably kidnapping Bruce Wayne. Have you Wayne. ever danced with the devil by the pale <laughs> moonlight? <laughs> but, seriously, so is the output of the criminality still considered art no. minus the intention? Surely not. Um, because I'm... I went to a gallery in Melbourne where uh, this particular exhibition was found love notes that have been found tips <laughs> or different things like that, right? And so the exhibition, the art, was other, other people's, people's words. words and other people's outpouring, but they had collected it into an exhibition. Yeah. No, I, think, I still think that's art. That's like curating. It's like it saying, is. okay, I can see that this is worthwhile so therefore, and I'm the presenting it in notes, a different way. The ransom note, despite the intention, is they thought those letters in those newspapers <laughs> magazines were worthwhile. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was image. about the aesthetic value. Yeah, I, but just, I don't think they were like, okay, exactly. fucking beautiful. <laughs> Can't wait to kidnap that kid. <laughs> okay, so if someone on the That's outside, the wrong R. If someone on the outside was was that R's the, not rapey enough. No, <laughs> need a better R. If someone was at the tip, right, and they found a selection, a collection worth of 
ransom notes, all made out of different things. Oh my and god, I want that! <laughs> so would that be art? Someone presenting someone else's criminally insane <laughs> words as art? Probably Is it the not. collecting that is art? It's so the what... collection, yeah. I think like that would essentially be evidence, really, that if you were exhibiting that. But <laughs> so, Okay, so the definition of art differs between a ransom note and a love note. I think the definition of art is that, okay, <laughs> someone took time to make it yeah. and someone else appreciates it. And it's that, like, but that is also dinner. That is dinner. <laughs> and like, so is dinner art? Yes. Yeah, we had an event got last year. It's got a nice aroma. Yeah. About layout, I mean, everything so. oh. because someone made this table, and I'm appreciating that I can put exactly, my beer on it. Exactly, exactly. And like, actually, last this year for this is not it. art, we did a, a food event at a gallery where we asked um, her name. She does an event called Underground Epicureans, and she, you don't know where you're going to dinner. You buy a ticket, and then on the day you get an email that says turn up at this place. And and she does these kind of like Alice in Wonderland. You got to find the rabbit outside the venue and come but in. Is the and food art, or is the experience the both? Art? What I want to tell you about this one is that at What Space they literally hung works on the wall, and they had like you know those little dolls that people draw and they're like figures. They had those holding hot cross buns, and then in that next to that was a tube of paint but the paint was butter that had cinnamon butter in it oh, you know killing me and so like people would like one person was standing behind a canvas that had hands that were gloves that were holding things so you come up and you actually grab something from a real hand so that then and, and i guess food is getting trendy now right i mean we've got things like master chef i mean if you want to talk about tv tv like i remember um there's an episode of not quite art by marcus westbury where he's outside the sydney opera house and he asks this american person like what kind of art do you like and they're like ah. Oh. Yeah, we, we watch TV, you know, like, and that was their version of art, and it is art. There's, like, low forms of art, and I think that's where most people don't really even realise they're watching some form of art, but they're watching TV and they're watching, like, a production and there's been a creative director and... Well, I think a lot of TV shows, well, at the moment particularly, are shot in a style that's fairly mm. arty, like, especially shows like um, Hannibal. I don't know if you've seen it, oh, but some the, the way that it's shot... It's all very deliberate, and it's there to aid the story. But if you don't know that it's there, it doesn't detract from it. Yeah, it's nice. almost kind of. I mean, yeah. even like the opening credits of Dexter, for yeah, example. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Like yeah. that, you know, that's beautiful. I find that a really and and the and the music on on side of it, and you know, it and the shots where he's like zooming in on things, and it, it says a lot. But you, you can also just look at it and be like, oh, it's just it's an just intro. intro. Yeah, Whatever. yeah. So you know, like. People don't really appreciate maybe that they're seeing art in everything and there is an opportunity to see it. I think people are intimidated by art. Like they go, I don't get it. I, I've had that twice this week where someone says to me, I shared a painting this morning with my friend and he said, I don't get it. And I was like, you know, bring your own meaning to it. Like what, what is it that you need to get? Do you need to research the artist for like their 80-year career to understand what they're about? Funnily enough, this artist was German and a lot of his work was against the fascists and the Nazis and things. And But you wouldn't be able to know that unless you knew this person's career. And I actually just like their art because um, the style of drawing. Like, and I, I don't get too bogged down with what I'm supposed to feel about this artwork. Like, I, I understand that an artist probably has an intention 
but we bring our own meaning like our audience like I had this thing like is it really an artwork like if you hang an art an artwork on a wall and it's there and no one sees it is it really an artwork well my my thing about I don't get it I haven't heard the previous conversation because I went to get beer essentially (laughs) but essentially I went to get beer what if I don't get it is like a social thing like they feel like they're supposed to feel something but exactly. they don't you know what if they don't get something from it then that's fine I think it's like it's more what I've found is that people are intimidated like they might think I know everything about arts for some reason because I do live it you know anyone that yeah. knows me I'm got to go to this opening I got to go here I got to do this like I'm constantly just like in art and maybe for someone who isn't that's intimidating um but it's like that for me with music like I've been around music my whole life I know so many musicians it's like it's but I've never wanted to pick up an instrument and like thrash it out admittedly I did do keyboard for like you know until I was about 12 but I never you know, and I'm not intimidated by it. When I hear a song, I don't go, I don't get it. <laughs> no, okay. So there's, everyone knows that there is music they like and music they don't like, mm. but no one goes to that I music know. they don't like and says, I don't get it. Because <laughs> there's no expectation of a person to like all facets of music. Yeah. But there is an expectation that if you see an artwork, to understand you it. understand it inherently and what the artist means. Whereas certain music you just don't like. Mm, I, I don't... I probably see it slightly differently to that because... That's art! The way, we all see it differently! Well, the, the way I see it he is that, it. like, regardless of whether I get it, I still appreciate it mm. because I go, well, that's, like, very deliberate. Whereas, like, there's some music where you just go, well, like, I don't even appreciate that. That's just fucking horrible. But so Whereas, there's, there's and, and art, I'm sure there's, there's the, art the, Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there's the equivalent of that. There is. But, but, like, I guess it's not in your face so much because with music... You can choose not to look at it. Yeah, well, with music, it's forced down your throat. Yeah. Whereas with art, you're only seeing the you bad stuff. If you go out of go your way... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, like, it's not shoved in your face all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. an example of a... I guess I had this... There was one artwork that I made and it was another... I like to respond to themes. I'm someone like I don't have a body of work ready to go for something, but if you tell me something you want an artwork about, I'll probably be excited to try and make something. And What Space Gallery, which is the university gallery. Would you make us an artwork for this podcast? Yeah, okay. After? Yeah. Like inspired by the podcast? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I was going to accept the challenge. No, just kidding. (laughs) This is an episode of Art Attack, and we're. (laughs) I love Art Attack! (laughs) Oh, that guy was awesome. Those large scale things were so cool. Or we could make it like Mr. Squiggle. I've forgotten what Mr. Squiggle is my favourite shit. We're going to attach a pencil to point his nose. I'm all about blackboard. Hurry up. Yeah, no, he's the man. I forgot what I was saying, though. Oh, crap. Now I've forgotten. But I liked it. Creating an artwork for a particular theme. Oh, responding to a theme is is the thing where... So Whatspace had this exhibition and it was called Make It Public. And at the time, I was sort of like make it public whatever and I just went through some photos that I had and actually um my friend Naomi and I were going to our mate's house in Merriweather and just like one thing that doesn't happen in Mudgee is hard rubbish collection that shit blew my mind like there's out stuff outside of things and so one day we were all like in Merriweather and I looked over and there was this toilet sitting like on the curb it wasn't on the footpath but Naomi 
Naomi had this idea to move the toilet onto the footpath and then she sat on this toilet, like, with all her clothes on, but it just such a strange juxtaposition of imagery. Like, you never see a toilet on a footpath and you never see someone sitting I mean, completely clothed. Yeah, footpath, but you're in, you're in all toilet. that, but, like, an actual toilet. So I took this photo of her and she had this funny face and it meant nothing at the time. We just saw this thing and thought, take a photo. And then this opportunity came up to make an exhibition entry for this Make It Public and I kind of laughed about public urine nation like it's kind of I guess like guys can just do it really easily you guys are busting you just go and stand over in the corner over there but as a woman you don't really have that option there's not that kind of well, you do but well some women do <laughs> benefit, though I did go inside but I needed to go <laughs> busted I like, I time. um I ever went I'm, I'm going to tell a public urination story well, yeah, do it in the, the, the first time I went to Newtown uh was to see Billy Corgan play. Coincidentally, oh, that's where Dylan and I met oh, Naomi. Oh, yeah, of course. Naomi. Um, but I'm not sure Naomi really spoke to me that much. Like, But uh, anyway, I was there. Yeah. And um, But like, well after the gig, um, Dylan and I, were, we went to Kelly's and we did karaoke and sang Slob, which we talked about in the Weezer episode. But after that, Call back. we both went to this side street into this garden to, <laughs> to relieve ourselves. And then the cops pulled us over, and we're like, "What are you doing?" And we're so like, that "And we're like, oh, sorry, we just needed to go to the toilet." And you know, and he's like, "Where are you from?" And we're like, "Oh, we're sorry, we're from Newcastle." Because we were probably like, I don't know, nine, nineteen or something at the time. And he was like, "Well, next time you're down here from Newcastle, don't piss on my streets." <laughs> That's amazing. That's and it was awesome. and it was one of those moments where you don't know whether to laugh or to agree yes, or whatever. We're just like, okay, yes, sir. Good deal. <laughs> I guess I can hold up on that. But I may say I moved back there and I pissed on those. Yeah. He did. Oh, it makes me laugh about the. This isn't the end. Like when he's all like, oh, piss. Well, he doesn't say piss, but he's like all over everything. But no, like. Um, so I made this poster. I decided to. Um, I looked up. I looked into urination art. I don't know if you know that's a thing, but it's a fucking thing. And Andy Warhol did a whole series of paintings where he painted them with an oxidation chemical. And then say, when he sort of like oil paintings, we like put oil on first, then you piss on exactly. Like, oh, yeah. But it wow. wasn't oil painting. It was like this. They had this chemical in it that would react with the chemicals in his urine. So <clears> he pissed all over these artworks, and it just kind of. I can't believe there's even a field of urination artwork. It kind of made me go, I have I to do that's this. the better of the two, and I'm sure did you there do is it? the other as well. Well, what I did was I made, I got this photo of Naomi on the toilet, and then I pretended it was the cover of a magazine, and I edited it like a graphic designer. So the magazine was called Busted. And, Busted. you know, it had, like, some funny little headlines about, like, even Jackson Pollock, he was famous, well, not he was famous for being a painter, but he also um, got really pissed one night and pissed over a fireplace in front of a party of a bunch of people. So I made like I found out all these urination stories and I made a, a magazine cover about them and it got stuck in a little space in what space that was actually like a toilet. So it was like absolutely perfect. But yeah, it was I guess pretty random. I don't even know how we ended up talking about that, but I guess art is whatever anyone wants it to Splitting be. In case is never above toilet. <laughs> humor. But yeah, like it, it, today I've ended up being more about like some of my job sites are in laneways that are publicly urinated in. Like, it's actually come back to me. And I now am like, oh, gee, what's the 
stench. Oh, that's right. I should really try to have got this clean. I this did lane that. Lane. <laughs> um, not me. But, uh, what about like blood artwork where they hook the thing mm. up to their veins and? Sh- it's a bit much for me. All of that it's stuff. Artists on. like Stellark and stuff like that. That just. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I guess even like I'm not a. What is it? S BDSM or what? Yeah, you're kind of like it's your body fluid. Keep the fluid yeah, in your body. My no. DNA. I like it. I mean, I wouldn't even have pissed on that poster. I just used paint and made it look like that. I, I don't think oh, I could bring myself sure. to do That's it. It wasn't. It really wasn't. That's not art. But, you know, even like that saying this is not art or that's not art, it's kind of interesting that you know, I work on a festival with the name of that and it was essentially named after a piece of graffiti on a building, you know, and um, people today still kind of say to me that that graffiti isn't art and, you know, there's there's a real gap with, I guess, like these fine artists that are making beautiful finished work and then you've got these the graffiti artists it, they're very two different things and I came in going and putting up all these beautiful artworks but I guess I've kind of regressed in the last two years since I went to New York in 2012 and I saw graffiti and probably not even real graffiti like I wish I could have been in the subway in the 80s you know and actually seen everything tagged like to the point where the, the city couldn't even do anything about it, it was that prolific Ninja Turtles when I think of graffiti. That <laughs> you know what I'm talking I about? I love that. But yeah, yeah, like that's what is in my head. And maybe that's just a product of like being born in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, totally. This is probably a really broad statement, but I've just decided right now and then... You're going to kidnap someone. No! I've just decided right now and then that I don't like art. Oh, I don't, don't like art. No, hold on. <laughs> Let me explain before you jump in. As a concept, because what I've, what I've found through this conversation is that everything in one way or another can be justified or considered yeah. as art. So that dilutes the concept of art for me, and yeah. therefore I like specific things. I like certain facets of what's considered art, but the general concept of art is just so wide, very diluted. And Too watered down. It's it's. I don't know what that is. I know what all individual things are and why they're good in a way mm. and why I find them good, but I don't like the concept of art and so therefore don't like art. <laughs> but you do. And like even that I mean I like what about what about consider art? What about like certain UMI cover like uh, album art and stuff like that? And yeah. I mean so much time goes album into that. Artwork. I like that's, that's your niche, see? That's the thing. And like, Yeah, but I like this beer bottle wrapper. But that's art. That's I design. Like in there better. Well, yeah. I do like... But you know what I mean? I, I appreciate the art on this beer bottle wrapper. And I appreciate the art that goes into advertising. What about in, in terms this jerky packet? And that's art that goes into advertising. That is making me want to buy it via the look of it. But art as a concept is mm. too diluted... Like. Because I'm, I'm a person who has liked and still likes a lot of music over the years that people consider bad or not good or lowbrow or whatever. And it's just, it, it, it makes me consider, well, what is good? Who considers what is good and why they consider it that way? And so therefore, I shun away from the concept of I like art because I don't feel I understand art because I like subgenres of this thing but this overarching thing discounts what I like yeah and I mean I guess being so open it you you lose potency I suppose but that's I I guess I hope I haven't like tainted that too much in trying to be broad and a bit of a fence sitter you know like I don't want to go this painting is art 
sculptures, better art. Nobody like, wants to be that. Though. You know, and it's the same with graffiti. Like, I don't want to say that it has a better standing than some of the amazing street artists that only have a fine art degree and didn't go out bombing when they were 15. I don't really want to say that. But at the yeah. same time, they're definitely different genres I suppose but they're so obviously interconnected like you know we probably wouldn't even have a street art scene if it weren't for people growing out and graphing and owning those walls and if they didn't claim those public spaces would that have inspired other artists like even when I've started street art walking and I've sort of like coached artists to like you know learn how to pitch for walls and and so then essentially they become my competitors and now the artists that I kind of coached into giving them jobs are now like getting out their own getting their own walls and you know it's kind of you've just got to pay homage to like for me that's where I'm at now like I kind of came in really strong thinking I'd help fix the graffiti problem and then I realized that graffiti isn't a problem like and I kind of and it took me a while to kind of get out of the council headspace even though I'm not even a council employee because I'd worked alongside this kind of legitimate area for a while it wasn't until I went to New York and I was like you know we obviously we don't have the huge population here obviously it's bigger than the Mudgee but we don't have even the people in Melbourne that have all these studios and they just go out bombing in the night like I don't know whether you saw a project that um, an artist and he was a fine artist and he decided to just completely spray all of Hosier Lane with this light baby blue paint like I don't mean a little bit like I, every work was gone in a night and I found out about it the next morning waking up because every one of my Facebook friends was sharing photos like what the fuck has happened to Hosier Lane and and but it was exciting it was so cool to like just I wish that I was in Melbourne to be able to be there to get a photo in that blue lane that was just completely blank all of a sudden like 10 years worth of work that had laid and laid and laid and all of a sudden it was literally a blank canvas or a blue canvas which is just so out there and then next you know you had like I think it was a matter of hours and and within a day it had already changed we don't even we can't even contemplate anything like that here because like works that I've worked, organized four years ago people covet them like we this museum thing Exactly. I had to start a protest to get chalk permission, you know. And but that's where I appreciate people that don't. I I got told once, don't ask for permission, beg for forgiveness, and I I live by that now. And in terms of staying in Newcastle, you know, I remember after running Tina for the first year, and somebody I was living at the Fishbowl. Oh, no, maybe I'd finish at the fishbowl, but I was at a party at the fishbowl, still hanging out there. And I remember someone saying to me, you should just leave now. You can go to Melbourne and everyone will know this is not art and you can get any kind of job. And I was like, but I've worked so hard to know everyone here. Like, that, yeah. that, that, that maybe that is my artwork. Like, some days I get annoyed that someone will ring me and say, hey, do you have this person's phone number or who did this project four years ago? And I know exactly who it is and I have their phone number. And I feel a bit annoyed that I become this kind of free directory of information that I've actually retained a lot of intellectual property about this city and it's sitting in my brain and I don't know where to put it. And so people use it and they, they plow through me to get these contacts and these projects and it it gets annoying but at the same time when I a couple actually only four months ago no it was probably two months ago I applied for a job in Sydney based on um, a person that I met in Detroit had recommended me for a placemaking job in Sydney and I mean this is like ninety thousand dollars a nine day fortnight like this is a real job I've never had one but I've never actually had a full-time job so that you know um, but I work very full-time I work over full-time hours so it, it kind of got to me like 
I didn't really understand what my purpose was here. And when I had the opportunity, I thought someone from Detroit has recommended me for like a real job. I have to apply. So I did. And I got into the first round of interviews, which was great. But as I was getting close to realizing that I might need to live in Pittwater at Monavale in like this fancy ass place. <laughs> oh dear. I, I just freaked out. I was like, this is, I'm supposed to be down a dirty urine soaked laneway organizing murals. Like, I don't know if I really want to be in this place. And so my intuition wasn't right. I didn't get the job. I've talked with them about why I didn't get the job and they've given me advice on if I would want to go in that direction. And I don't really want to, like they said that I needed more business experience and well, I, I feel like you're very business minded. I have she that. Very it's obviously not on paper though, right? Honestly, though, your passion, your passion, sorry, I, I feel like business doesn't come from a degree the same as art doesn't no. come from a degree. It's a way That's of thinking good. and it's a way of knowing that, well, okay, here's who is going to be interested and I know a way to get those people interested. Yeah. And here's, totally. you know, this is something that I want to promote and here are the people I need to promote. Exactly. It's like a good salesperson. You can't I, teach I don't think degree. it needs a degree because no. like it's, Supply and demand, basically. I don't basically. want to be an overeducated. Like, sorry to my ex-boyfriend that might be listening, but oh, like, we're all saying sorry to our ex-boyfriend. Like, he had a business degree, right? And I was starting my business at the time, and I choose business <laughs> ethics. <laughs> and he. You know, he had all the paperwork. He knew how to write a business plan, blah, blah, blah. I did the five-week NICE course, so I did the new enterprise incentive scheme with the government. I wrote my business plan and I started it. And it seemed like he was wanting always to give me ideas and you should do this and you should do that. And it was like, dude... You work for an employment agency. You don't have to make these decisions. You don't have to live with them and you don't have to actually follow through with them. And there's a lot of people out there that do the business degree, know all the paperwork behind it and the admin. But when you're on the ground and you have to negotiate with a person, no one can teach you that. Well, what I would say is it's very different having a business degree. Not that I have one. I didn't go to university. But I will just say that it's very different having a business degree and working for a successful business Mm. as an executive or whatever because it's already successful. You're already in the position of power. You're coming into a structure. They have a manual. That's right. It's very different doing that and then creating something and having it be (laughs) successful because that actually took something for it to be achieved. It wasn't just based on the fact that it's based on this name therefore it has an air of credibility therefore people want to starting from scratch has been the hardest thing that i've done like there is no one out there that tries to secure walls and paint walls in a way that i have ever done like there are there are councils that do it but there hasn't been anyone that from my knowledge and i researched this and i found artists that do murals but they're not like me i'm not an artist trying to elevate my own work i'm actually trying to activate public spaces and employ artists what you are working, your life's work may not pay, but it is worth something yeah. inherently. And it's like, it's only now that, and I honestly think that in staying in Newcastle, it is all starting to, to make some sort of sense right now. And I think it's also because when I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm persevering at it. I've been doing it. This is my fourth financial year as of the July, thir- June 30. I'm a business. Year. Yeah. Your, financial your, year. <laughs> your year runs from July to it June. It does. I just bought a new MacBook, everyone. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. I am with a MacBook. <laughs> That's the only reason I did it. I'm not saving my money for the ATO. I'm going to spend it on this first. And that's the thing. You like, finally could have a baby a couple of years ago. You would have got a plasma TV as well. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I really could have cashed in on that. But honestly, like, 
there's a there's a point there where I feel like I've had to stay here to keep to keep whatever it is I'm building going, but also like you know a year ago or two years ago. Newcastle didn't have a street art festival. Now there are people that have started a street art festival and I was definitely integral and, and part of that and, and, and a supporter of that festival and still am. And I think, like, there's... You feel it in country towns, people get competitive. I too, you know, I'm so passionate, it's my heart. I'm up till some stupid hours of the night. I, it takes away from my quality of life and it has and it's affected personal relationships. And even now, like, my boyfriend's travel from Sydney but I'm like, oh, no, I'm doing this thing. And it's important to me. This is like, this is, I'm passionate and I want people to know about that and right. I, I prioritise that. But I don't feel like I've left <clears throat> a certain part of my life behind, but I feel like it's also like I haven't done all this hard work to lose it and like go down to that $90,000 a job and just be like, okay, now I've got a real job. Because even when I started to think about that full-time job, I was kind of like, but like all of this fun that I'm having with these artists, like I have so much fun with these artists that want to paint these murals. Like they're not out there for the money, a lot of them. And so we don't make a huge amount of money when we do a massive, like, 30-metre, 50-metre wall, but we have so much fun and they travel from Sydney or even further and we, you know, it's not a party, but there's this... It's like a like I find kindred spirits and I found them in this yeah and but when I was starting art hive I didn't get that because I what I did was I was like I did a call out and people had to apply and it was very official but after 3 years now it feels like there's a magnetism based on intellectual kind of philosophy and well, I I think there's more a uh, there might be a magnetism towards you at that point mm. like there's a couple of years like people know who you are and they know that they can approach you and True. like so I think some of that just probably comes over time and, and you maybe need to do that exactly. application process at this beginning so that you don't have people wasting your time exactly. because you're trying to get started and you don't have time for people that no. are you know just going to soak up time and effort yeah I still haven't answered any of my questions about what is art but I certainly have a high respect for you and what you do and I have a high respect for artists Thank I mean because uh, I, I do like art in subgenres, but I don't like well, the concept. You are an of, artist. What are you talking about? But I don't like the concept of art. I mean, even doing this podcast is in a way art, but that's my problem. I don't. Just, <laughs> I don't banner it under art. I mean, you know, people can just take things on a, a form value. You can go, I like the where that line is, or where that color is, or and that's why I was trying to say yeah. about graffiti because yeah. this might be something you walk past every day. I think and graffiti, do you ever... graffiti can be beautiful, just like fine art can be beautiful, you know. But at the same time, what? it's more the concept of yeah. art that bothers me like why is something that is beautiful considered not art because of the intent behind yeah, it yeah. Yeah. I just feel don't worry about that's concepts that's exciting I just feel don't worry about concepts it's like concept albums when people like get stressed about the concepts like no no it's just music just everyone thinks yeah. it's, just, it's, the, it's the same as it's the same as this it's like don't worry about the concept just do you like it or yeah. do you not like it that's exactly. all you need to what worry about what about in terms of like you guys and music fans and like we have like we haven't talked heaps about music interests and I was I guess a bit uncomfortable because I didn't want to like I like so much music that I didn't really know how to bro- broach this topic but that is what, what I about, like about the wide concept of art I like so many things that fall under the banner but the concept sucks but what about art at festivals you know like I went to Splendor in the Grass they've got a whole artist in residency program at Harvest you walked in and you saw like yeah. full on installations you know and like did you guys bask in those yeah. installations yeah, yeah. lovely yeah. absolutely yeah. And 
So you enjoyed art. I <laughs> okay, but I don't like the concept of art. Like, hold on. I nearly got it. Keep talking. I'll be back. I've been I feel like you're just being argumentative now. <laughs> yeah. I've been fascinated by the inclusion I of like arts. It. He says that, then he goes and takes his phone out of the fridge. <laughs> Why? Is that art that I put my phone in? Yes, I think so. Is that art? Well, it's on a functional level, so perhaps not, but it still is kind of <laughs> weird that your phone's in the fridge. That cover might be, though. It's Doctor Who. So is Doctor <laughs> Who art? Oh, I'm not an aficionado like Lance is the man with Doctor Who, but he no, would want me to say if yes. Put, if you put it it's a TV show. You missed our conversation about TV shows, but hell yeah. I was yeah. getting my phone out of the fridge. <laughs> that is art. I don't need to miss your conversation about t- Anyway, um, no, someone writes that TV show. Someone exactly. edits that TV show. Someone produces. Totally. Someone is that all considered multifaceted of art? And the person that does the yes, costumes. This. Yeah. It's done. But, I mean, <laughs> but that's the thing we're talking about. You're like, well, don't think of concept. If you enjoy it, then it's good. Well, no, because there is art critique and there is good art, bad art, low yeah, yeah, brow but you, but you, art, highbrow art. I know, but you're talking about the concept. and like, mm. uh, But that's different to the thing. Like, a, a concept's an idea. It's not a thing. Here's a photo of me and nothing cutesy, smooshing our faces into an ice That's cream cake. Art. Is that photo of me and my fiance smooshing my face Probably into a not. cake art? No, I don't want to water down art too much. But That's so not what, art. <laughs> so what, what makes this is the question? What makes? Your street art walking Instagram art that's not mine. Not that I'm calling yeah, yeah, this art. Yeah, totally. I would agree with you. This isn't art. But um, it's just, I inst- guess, it's like a intellectualization of me being able to justify it through word. And it's like, it's like philosophy or English or literature. And you, there are so many ways. Like, it's not like science and maths where you just go, this is the answer. And so, obviously, this it's dude like is... X plus Y equals yeah, art. Yeah, Moose is left-brained, we can tell. <laughs> okay, nothing can also... <laughs> because she's the artist in the family, made these Star Wars cookies for our Star Wars Beautiful. episode. Is that art? It is. Like, I have a friend that I studied in Sydney. Um, we did the interactive multimedia course, and she is a brilliant artist, Samantha Casper Richardson. Mm. And she has, like, everything that she does is art. She's a mum. She's a mum of two. And I've watched her. She will make, like, a hoodie in a night. She will knit a beanie. She will, like, make I their cakes that. every year. And, like, everything that I, – I, I remember studying with her and thinking, oh, what's my fucking point? Why am I even doing this when she can draw hands like that? And I'm fucking – you know, like, I – and I've done that the whole time I've ever studied. I mean, like, oh, this is bullshit. Uh, except for graffiti. I suppose that's my comfort zone. I can do some stuff there. But when I saw her doing that stuff, I was just like, well, I should just give up and – and I imagined her being this fabulous, amazing artist, and she is in her own right, but she lives her art through everything that she does. Like, she might make a pin board for the house, you know, and she's become a brilliant homemaker. Which is and why I want to know what is considered art, because that is all great fucking creative stuff, but yeah. that's not held up as art. So I therefore... know, but you're talking about fine art, and I guess I'm a low art person, so I will go I'm a like, low art person. Yeah, good. That's why TV, let's, like, I watch Teenage Mutant... Ninja Turtles and like consider that low art. But it TV and comics and all that kind of stuff is definitely in the lower echelon of arts, like tattoos and graffiti. Low is such it's a degrading word for what it it is. is It's very annoying because the the influence it's had on people like us, like of the eighties, the influence that low art has had is prolific. And I think that comic book movies are so popular now. Exactly. Yeah. Sin City, you know, it's like that is where we are going and who knows what we're in right now but I know that we have muddied the waters in what we would call art compared to 100 years ago where someone yeah that low art is something that people can spend 
countless hours on, but found art can be high art, and therefore found art is something that's put together with things that yeah, can be in a short amount of time. But it's definitely trite. It's trite. But it's not effort. It's yeah. not intent. So what is it? It's it's tried and it's an over intellectualization of art that I think has happened as a result of postmodernism, where um, people just decided that anything you do is art, and then, then they did that and they said like oh, I made it, therefore it is. Like, oh, I think, therefore I am. You know, it, it, the people kind of just justified that I said I'm an artist, therefore. so therefore anything I make and and decide to put together in front of you is now an artwork, and so, it has muddied it. it uh, this is what this is what I like because I agree. I could be completely because that's what I'm confused about, and I, I have strong. I didn't think I had strong issues. Cool. Like, strong. I didn't think I have I to make an artwork about this, like man. Yeah. I didn't think I had strong feelings it's on the subject. So we did it. I feel like you've been shouting for the last half hour. Such is my life. Okay, so this. Right. Ned Kelly reference. You're my, you're my, Sid Nolan. You're my expert on this, right? So here's a picture of the Queen on the Game of Thrones throne. <laughs> right? So it's not a real picture. So it's be, it's a meme of love the Queen Beautiful. sitting on the Game of Thrones throne, right? So is that art? It totally is art. The pop culture reference, we're talking about low art so here. So are memes art? If you take a picture that is taken by someone oh. else or an image from a thing... I know. That's a good, it, does that become your it's own? It's such a good question because memes annoy the shit out of me but then at the same time they're really funny but like you know it goes back to us talking about digital photography i think there's an overload of imagery how many photos have you taken today about five of me and the cat (laughs) and like i don't know how many i've got because i'm charging because my battery's low but like the point is we take a lot of photos we overload ourselves and memes are the same thing and i i wonder and this is where i probably can't answer the question but i wonder about the impact on people like who are 14 now and that's what they see first and and they, yeah, you know yeah. like we oh, didn't totally. have the internet like i don't know about you but your first chat platform was maybe icq or yeah. you know um emma M, like merc or irc or whatever like so we were actually chatting there wasn't any simple photo sharing and yeah that we have a mass imagery overload right now, yeah. and I, I don't really know the consequence of that. Like, I have often wondered to myself, like, these kids that are, like, 14 that can have a smartphone now, yeah. when, like, it, I waited till I was 12 to get a computer, yeah. and, like, my cousin who's five teaches me how to use the iPad. Yeah. You know, like, th- so these are all things that are, like, going to definitely affect our perception of art. So Pointy just walked out here going, wow, in a... Um in a Hulk mask. Is that art? Of course. Is that yeah. Art? If it's well, just the for fact us. that he came out here like that, that's a bit of a piece, yeah. Alright, so hold on. <laughs> if I if I I walk out from my bedroom to my living room Ooh. in that mask and nobody else is there, is that performance? No, because no one see the performance. brings the, the meaning. Like uh, it's that tree falling in the woods thing. So it's audience like, perspective. Oh uh, yeah, there's a triangle. If you talk to your art friend, she'll tell you that the artist has intention. Um, oh, I can't even believe that I've forgotten this, but it could have something to do with the beers. But there's a pyramid, and there's like the artist, the artwork the audience and all those three things make the artwork like you know an artist could just sit in a in a shed and paint his whole life and that's it for him or her um but then all of a sudden those artworks get found and people go oh and that's when it's an artwork all of a sudden because there's an audience to perceive it and whether they decide that they they like it or love it or uh, i mean 
for me, art is, I like art that challenges you and it might make you feel uncomfortable. It might make you go, I don't know what that is. And I, maybe that's why I've been drawn to graffiti because there's such controversy around it. I want to know what the guy around the corner, like some of the people I've lived with, I've had a friend, Sam Heisen, that's an environmental engineer that used to just make the most amazing sculptures. And he was a builder. He had a really amazing left and right brain thing going on. And he made the most cool stuff. He wouldn't call himself an artist. Even no. now he'd hear this and go, oh, gee, I can't believe Hesh is saying that because that was my nickname in the fishbowl. But like. <laughs> You know, I I actually like art more when the person isn't like loading it with all of their own stuff and kind of yeah, like this they're is just my making issue with it. Art. Yeah, it can be so trite. My like, issue with art is trite. This is an opinion. Like I'm a huge fan of Disney. I'm a huge fan of Pixar. And if you go to uni, it's like everyone rallies against shit like that and consumerism and this and Disney and blah blah blah. But my god, I watch, I spent the night watching Monsters University and all the doc like the docos on the special features oh. about going into it. And there's about 250 amazing. people working on one movie in the depth and detail and amazing computer animation that can happen these days plus the story that goes into it. I mean, no other animation studio can touch what Pixar does with story, heart and amazing animation and depth of field. That is art. But you know, you go to a university art class and nobody would dare to admit they consider that art. You know, but it's like, it's... I know, no. like, like even just trying no. to study animation and stuff like that. I mean, I did, I did that through Crow's Nest TAFE, and if you were to go to uni, I don't even know where you would find the environment to support that. But it's why it confuses me, you know? Yeah. Uh. All right, we need to wrap up. Art is confusing. Art is confusing! <laughs> We're going to wrap this up now. So thanks very much to Simone for coming on the show. Thank you, Simone. And thank you for Moose for those lovely kidnapping stories. I feel like I needed like a couch to lie on. <laughs> and uh, before we uh, before we wrap up, Simone, do you want to sort of share anything that's up and coming that you'd like the people to know about or yeah, where sure. they should That'd follow you on the social media? Yeah, definitely. Um at the moment, I'm working on, obviously, This Is Not Art Festival, which you can find online quite easy via Facebook. And also Street Art Walking is my business. We've got some mural projects coming up. But I'm also working on a project with Madhouse DJs to support a new venture that's going to happen at This Is Not Art called Madhouse Radio. And we've got an event coming up on July 12th. You might, I don't know if that's going to, might be a bit soon. Does that clash with the jerky? No, that's the week after we're also, also anyone, <laughs> although we better buy our tickets pretty soon and I'm going to tell you all that we're going to a beef jerky night. Beef jerky! <laughs> we'll put and you I out think next that's week. It. So but yeah, street art walking is kind of the main place to follow and you'll find lots of cool stuff. Not art street walking. <laughs> and if you want to follow us, please head to facebook.com slash splitting cases or twitter.com slash splitting cases. B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V X W Y C Now I know my ABCs I don't think I think we don't quite